everybody, and welcome to Martin Bandike Undercovers for September 2019, produced in partnership with the Ann Arbor District Library. The American Writers Museum opened up in downtown Chicago in May of 2017, and the mission of this incredible museum is to celebrate the enduring influence of American writers on our history, our identity, our culture, and our daily lives. The authors and the works presented by the museum are not meant to be a definitive list of who is the greatest or the most influential, but instead the museum presents authors and works as part of a continuum that will grow and change. I recently visited the American Writers Museum in Chicago, had an absolutely delightful visit there, and recently I interviewed the president of the museum, Kerry Cranston. I began my interview with Kerry by asking him, how did the American Writers Museum come to be? It's an interesting story because our founder is um, someone with really no background in museums or necessarily formally uh, background in literature. Uh, Malcolm O'Hagan was our founder, um, and he is a guy who, over 10 years ago, um, during his retirement as an engineer, um, uh, kind of recognized that there was no such thing as an American Writers Museum. He actually went home to Ireland. He's an Irish immigrant, and he was visiting the Irish Writers Museum in Dublin. And he came back, and he liked to volunteer in his retirement at the Library of Congress. He's from Washington, D.C. And he uh, he asked everybody where the American Writers Museum was, and there was no such thing, and he just thought that was wrong. And so he took it on himself to find like-minded people who agreed that this should exist, and that was pretty easy. A lot of people you know, just didn't think that you know, had ever thought about it and then realized that this is a country that was pretty much founded on the written word. And if you're going to, you know, be that country, you really want to celebrate the people and the writers and their impact on our history and our culture. So he gathered up folks, experts, you know, um, uh, got advice and guidance from the NEH, from the um, uh, the Library of Congress itself, and then, of course, from the um, uh, Smithsonian. And and so they got a lot of advice. They got some support. They started looking for other supporters, and they started down the road of figuring out what would be in a writer's museum. And from there, they had to also decide where to put the American Writers Museum. And so while they were working with different groups of people, um, they they were also visiting different cities. And they started holding, you know, basically workshops where they'd invite writers and poets and, and scholars to come in a given city and meet and talk about this idea of an American Writers Museum. And out of those day-long workshops, or charrettes, I think is what they called them, they uh, they realized, um, you know, they got a lot of good input, but they also started to think about where they might put the museum. Um, they they weren't sure that D.C. was the right place for it, and, and so one of the cities they visited was Chicago. And so then um, they looked at other cities, they talked uh, with people in different cities, but they really felt like Chicago was a great place to put it. And once they had decided that, they really settled into finding a location and raising the funds. And while at the same time, the content leaders and the experts who had been engaged really worked on what should go into the exhibits and how the museum should be designed. And so that was sort of, you know, all of that went on concurrently over the course of almost eight years um, from the time it was conceptualized to the time it launched in May of 2017. 
Tell us about the the location. You're you're on some prime real estate at the American Writers Museum. My goodness. We are. They um, you know, they looked long and hard around the city, and they really wanted to be on Michigan Avenue. So we uh, we sacrificed first floor entrance to be a second floor museum, but we are at Michigan and Lake, so we're kitty corner from the Bean, from people who are coming to visit. Um, we're by the Chicago Cultural Center, you know, um, Millennium Park, everything that is downtown um, Chicago. We are in the middle of it. Tell us uh, about the permanent exhibits at the American Writers Museum. What will people encounter first off at the permanent exhibits? Well, it was, um, as I mentioned, you know, there were a lot of people involved in the design and, and a design firm that really understood the idea that this is going to be, and we wanted it to be, a very interactive space and an engaging space. So exhibits range from, you know, um, very tactile, interactive components uh, from a surprise bookshelf, you know, a, a long wall of a hundred different authors, and each one is a little white box with the name of a writer and a, and a work, and when you open it up, you might find text in a picture, or you might find a video screen. In some instances, you might find something that smells um, that represents that work, and, and there's, there are all kinds of connections, so it's very tactile. And it really explores the idea of what it means to be a writer, from comic strips to songs to novels to poetry to philosophy. And then we have exhibits that explore you know, 400 years of American history and, and 100 different writers to represent the periods and times and genres that make up that history. And then we have very tactile exhibits like our story of the day where people can sit down at a typewriter and actually pound out a few pages or a few sentences or just a few words and and post it up on the wall and share their work or take it home with them. Um, so our exhibits are very interactive from, you know, touch screens to typewriters. And there's an area devoted to children's literature as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? There is. Um, we do have a children's literature gallery. We actually have story times on Saturday mornings. Um, we have, you know, a number of tactile uh, pieces in there that explore, you know, some classic children's works. There are books on the shelves. Um, and we always say to families and people when they come in, you know, touch, turn, explore while you're here because everything we do is meant to really, um, you know, celebrate and also to inspire. Um, and, and we want young folks to be inspired that writing is powerful and fun and something they might want to engage in. And if they're not going to be writers, at least we want them to be readers. There's also a wonderful mural in that room, um, which was commissioned from a, an artist named Paul Zielinski. And um, he was a Caldecott Award winner. Um, and, and Paul really um, made this beautiful mur- mural. And it's hard to describe, but you know, there are squirrels all in a tree and they're all reading books. And, and it's just a beautiful piece. And when you spend time at it, there's some little secrets. You have to look really closely at the squirrel and the book that they're reading and then start to see the connection. So it's a really fun piece in that room, too. Let's move into some of the temporary exhibits. My wife and I were absolutely enthralled by the tools of the trade exhibition. Let's hear all about that. Well, um, we have two changing spaces, our Meyer Gallery and then our um, Roberta Rubin Writer's Room. And the Writer's Room is a smaller gallery, but we've had some really interesting things in there. So we aren't an artifact-based museum in the sense of lots of stuff behind glass or, or you know, things, except in that Writer's Room, we tend to often have uh, something very interesting. We, When we opened, we had uh, the original first draft scroll of Jack Kerouac's book, On the Road. Wow, um, wow, wow, had, wow. 
some other interesting things. But the new exhibit that you saw, the Tools of the Trade, just opened. And in that exhibit, um, it, we have the actual typewriters that belonged to a whole host of American writers from... Jack London, to Maya Angelou, Ernest Hemingway, um, Gwendolyn Brooks. We have Helen Keller's Braille Writer. And these objects were, were loaned to us, and we, we felt that it was an exhibit worth exploring because um, – you know, we had a wonderful uh, a gentleman named Steve Soboroff who owns many of the pieces, and then we were able to borrow some pieces from some other institutions that were very generous. And, and what we were able to put together was something that really explores this notion of a piece of technology, when you think about it in engineering, um, that's really the only piece of technology that was ever really designed specifically for writers and the process of writing. You know, you can write with a pen, but you can also draw and do other things. And you can do a million different things on the computer, and it's a wonderful distraction from your writing. <laughs> but the typewriter was that thing that you sit down at. And and one of the things we learned when we opened, because just outside of that exhibit, we have our story of the day where we have actual manual typewriters and electric typewriters that people can sit down and write on. And we found early on that, you know, people love it. Um, students love it. Kids get very excited by it. And so the idea of having an exhibit even just for a year where people can look at these amazing tools and see, you know, who are these writers and what have they written on these works, um, you know, and then turn around and, and actually play with typewriters at the story of the day tables. Um, you know, that's really a wonderful um, opportunity. And so it's a really fun exhibit. My wife, I, I had to tear her away from the IBM Selectric typewriter because that was the typewriter she used when she worked in radio and would type up her news stories. And it was one of those. It just it. Uh, she, I literally had to go, honey. We've got to. We, we have some other exhibits that we have to see here at the the Writers Museum. But it, it just really touched a personal chord with her because that was the exact type of typewriter that she used when she was working in radio. It, it really had a personal connection to her. And, and it was so cool to be able to sit down at these typewriters. And you had, you had uh, your American Writers Museum stationery there that people can use. Oh, I just thought that was so cool, Carrie. Yeah, it's like I said, it's a lot of fun. Probably the best thing we've ever heard. So we do a lot of work with education, and we bring uh, school groups in all year. Um, and uh, but one of the things we find is that the you know the young kids who've never seen anything like it, or <laughs> if they have seen it, they've never actually had a chance to use one. Um, and so they 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 glom on the table, they get excited, they they type. And probably the best thing we ever heard was a fifth grader who was on one and having a blast, and and we looked up and said, you know, this is great. It's it's an instant instant printer. Um, and so, you know, when you think about the notion that, you know, this kid in his head has always had that issue of, you know, well, I got to send what I wrote to the printer and wait for it to print. And maybe the connection's gone and it's not working. And this idea of instantaneous printing, I'm thinking, and it's on the paper, was just amazing to him. Um, and, uh, uh, I love that. How long is Tools of the Trade uh, at the Writers Museum? Um, we're planning for it to be up for a year, uh, so it just opened in uh, early June, um, so it will be up until uh, probably late May or, or early June next year. And as a very outspoken Bob Dylan fan, I was uh, so enthralled by the Bob Dylan Electric uh, Exhibition, which actually has been extended. It wasn't originally going to be at the museum as long as it is. I guess this is due to popular demand, is that right? Yeah. 
Yeah, we um, so in our larger uh, changing gallery space, we did open our Bob Dylan exhibit last year in November, um, and uh, and and there was a, a strong uh, reaction to it. People were excited. People came, um, and there was a lot of media coverage for it. And 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 there was an object in the exhibit uh, when we originally opened that was. Um, why we had planned on it only being up for six months, um, because uh, we had the guitar he played when he went electric the night at the um, at the music festival, and he um, that was on loan from a special collector, and it had to go to another museum. So we decided to put a different guitar in there um, just to hold it up, because the overall exhibit was actually, um, yeah, the guitar was a nice piece, but it wasn't the totality of it. We were looking at Dylan as a lyricist, as a writer, um, and and so we decided that people were enjoying the exhibit so much we wanted to keep it going. And there's a lot of little interesting artifacts in there that people love to see. You know, there's a copy of Catcher in the Rye in a frame um, that he actually scribbled notes in at the end of it um, and, and some other really interesting pieces. And it was great for us to explore songwriting through someone like Dylan um, in that way. So, so it's a really fun exhibit. And Carrie, how long will that Dylan exhibit be up now? Uh, we intend for it to be up through at least October, maybe the beginning of November of this year. And any idea of any upcoming exhibitions that you can uh, let us know about? Um, we are working on an exhibit um, that uh, we hope to launch at the um, middle to the end of November, um, and that exhibit is on uh, immigrant and refugee writers in the modern era. Um, it's a multimedia-driven exhibit. Uh, we're still finalizing pieces of it, but it's actually going to be a pretty interesting and powerful exhibit, and uh, we're excited about it. Is the museum open seven days a week? Can you give us more in general information about the American Writers Museum, Carrie? Sure. We are open seven days a week, so it's uh, 10 to 5 uh, Monday or Sunday through Sunday, and um, and we do a lot of special events and programs, so uh, people should check our website. Uh, we have authors in on a regular basis to give talks, so uh, any night of the week we may have an author in, so if someone's coming into town and visiting and wants to see it, um, those are a lot of fun, too. Um, it's $12 for adults and $8 for seniors and students. And uh, we encourage people to come and visit. Thanks for listening to Martin Bandike Undercovers for September 2019. Our interview was with Carrie Cranston, president of the American Writers Museum. This has been a presentation of the Ann Arbor District Library. If they ask me, I could write a book about the way you walk and whisper and look 